You're listening to Catholic Chicago. Ahead, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Welcome to Catholic Chicago. Welcome to Beyond the Headlines. My name is Joyce Deriga. I'm editor of the Chicago Catholic, the newspaper for the Archdiocese. This is where we go beyond the headlines to talk to the people who are making the news in the latest issue or in recent issues. And today we have a special guest, Beth White. She's the director of evangelization and missionary discipleship for the Archdiocese of Chicago. Welcome, Beth. Welcome. Hi. Hi. It's good to be here. We've been trying to do this for a while. We keep getting yes. something keeps coming up. But um, as you know, as the reader, listeners might and the viewers might know that we recently had the Day of Renewal, which is it was for archdiocesan leaders and clergy. And it's talking about the next steps past the Renew My Church process. And you were heavily involved in that. And the, part of the I don't know, I want to say all of the focus, because most of the focus was talking about the Eucharist and, and the need to establish that relationship. We can talk about that, too. But the idea of missionary discipleship and becoming missionary disciples in our parishes. And you've been immersed in this since the get-go. So what is a disciple? What is a missionary disciple? Can you share that with people? Just as foundational. So thank you so much for inviting me to be here. You're um, welcome. I'm used to interviewing people, so I'm tending to do that right now. Um, a disciple is, so we train people, um, evangelization teams and leaders. So I'm going to tell you the most succinct way to understand a disciple. A disciple is someone who has encountered Jesus in a way that's very known to them. And it brings about a conversion, meaning a change um, in their their life. And so a disciple is someone who has encountered Jesus and then intentionally decides to follow Jesus. And that means they grow deeper. They might get involved more in their parish. They might do a Bible study. They may pick up religious books to read. They may take a class, whatever it is. They really want to get to know this Jesus better. They pray your life. Um, they just explore different ways to get to know Jesus. So a disciple is someone who follows, intentionally follows Jesus. A missionary disciple, we would say, is someone who has encountered Jesus and all the things that I just described with a missionary disciple, um, but they are someone who now has a heart for God's people and says, you know, I I know who this Jesus is, and I want to introduce other people to who this Jesus is. And, and that isn't necessarily, it could be, we all have our gifts, it could be going out and sharing their faith. Or it could be just starting to have faith dialogue, having helping people recognize where God is in their own lives, uh, getting involved in things outside of the parish, even getting involved in things in the community, really helping to go outward and share their faith with others. So why are we making such a big emphasis on this and then the a next phase is is it officially still called the new building the new reality or is it something else yeah. okay as far as i know that's what it's called <laughs> so it's so important in spiritual renewal because we so i'm the director for evangelization and missionary discipleship so what i came to understand very early on is that you can't evangelize without missionary disciples 
because we people sure we can evangelize people in our parish which we need to do we need to evangelize ourselves which which means um evangelization means good sharer of the good so sharer of the good news so we need to share good news with ourselves over and over again be reminded of who we are and whose we are and we need to evangelize others and share the good news with them that this isn't all there is that there is love and kindness and joy and patience and all those kinds of things and there is a god who loves you unconditionally absolutely loves you and so that's sharing the good news right and so the people that feel most comfortable doing that um are disciples inside right disciples we gather together for mass we we, um, we journey together, we join things together, we run things together, we do things together. Missionary disciples, though, are folks that are more comfortable doing that if they're not surrounded by other Catholics or other believers. So they have the ability to have those kinds of conversations with non-believers, conversations with people who are angry with the church or angry with God. Um, they're, they're people who have a sense of I guess the way I describe it is a sense of spiritual maturity where they're not threatened by someone who questions, right? And they don't have to have all the answers. This isn't memorizing catechism. This isn't anything like that. A missionary disciple isn't someone with a master's degree. I mean, they could be, but it's, you could be any age. A missionary disciple though is just someone who knows this Jesus and is willing to share Jesus with others and to really help people come to know where God is at in their own lives. So that's why it's so important is because, Joyce, we really recognize that a lot of the focus has been on the what we do for in the church. Um, and this is the pivot point of saying it's more important about who does it. Um, and so it's really focusing on the who, not the what, more than anything now. How do you get that message to parishes and parishioners and then we can talk to you about the day of renewal because there was some um not marching orders but there were some um here's what you can do next but yeah so how do you sure. get that how do you kind of get that message to parish because it's it, like you said it's a shift in what we're we're the way we think as traditionally as catholics yeah. Yeah. yeah and the reason is because things aren't the way they were 40 years ago in our culture so it's not it's it, so I really caution people being the it's somebody's fault because it's no one's fault. It's just the world has really changed around us and the the polls and the tensions and all of that. So how do we get um, an understanding? So a few things we've been. Um, it's because Renew My Church was stage gated, meaning parishes went through the unification process or decisions and discernment in stages over years, we've been getting parishes onboarded in our process through the years. And so we've modified that process through the years as well. So I'm going to speak to how we do it today. Um, so the way it works today is that um, we have people in the at the vicariate level who work with the pastors, the vicars, the, the bishops, and they get to know the pastors sort of better than the rest of us. And they say, this pastor is ready, this community is ready to enter into building the new reality, the next stage of spiritual renewal. I would say to listeners that we recognized early on that if there was a unification, that we needed at least a year or two mm -hmm. years for that parish to do mm -hmm. interior healing before you start thinking about evangelizing. 
you need to get to know your community, the people that have come together first. So if your parish isn't engaged yet, that could be why. When the pastor is ready um, and the community is ready, then we we have a process called uh, evangelization foundations that we have our pastors go through. Right now we have four cohorts of pastors um, going through foundations. There's one meeting right now. Um, they are, um, these are pastors get the basics of evangelization. What I've come to understand in my career here is that pastors are not formed uh, to go outward um, unless they are from a religious community, then they are for permission. Um, pastors are really formed to take care of, to be shepherd, to take care of the people that walk in their doors. And so we help the pastors understand that pivot, understand the Catholic roots of evangelization, and then what we talk about when we talk about a culture of evangelization. So we put in place you know, these two pathways of the individual process to help evangelize individuals, but also a culture within the community that that underpins that evangelization effort. And so what we do is we get them up to speed and then we have them choose through this process um, the right people that um, we look for missionary disciples and disciples in their midst. And we really help ask him to help us find those folks. He identifies them. And then we usually end up with an evangelization lead or co-leads, it just depends on the community. And then we end up also with an evangelization team. And then we take it from there we train them. We have um, three times a year. We have an eight-hour training. It's over four weeks, um, two hours on a given night for four weeks. Um, the basics of evangelization, much of what the pastor has learned, but at their level. And we get them all going sort of on the vision and the basics of where we're going. And then we accompany. I have a team. There's eight on my team. And we walk with uh, the evangelization leads in the parishes. So we accompany them, we talk with them, they meet with them. Some, if they're a volunteer who doesn't have a, long, a large background, they might talk to them once a week. Um, if they have a master's degree and have a lot of like background, they might touch base with them once a month, right? We put together a plan of action during the um, foundations. It's about 18 month to two year plan. And then that becomes the covenant with my team and that pastor for how my um, coordinator is going to work with that evangelization coordinator. And so that's how we spread it. It's sort of through the high level trainings, but also through that individual accompaniment and then equipping the pastor and the lead and the team to cast that vision wider with parish councils. Part of the foundations is we, um, we have them build the muscle of the vision sharing and sharing what they're learning um, along the way so that their, their staffs know, their parish councils know, um, key ministry leaders, and that's how the vision works. Is evan our evangelization leads, are they full-time staff at the parish or is that a volunteer? It can be anything. So okay. we, we have what we call um, characteristics and considerations of an evangelization lead. And so we don't have a quote unquote role description um, we do have very clear guidelines on time commitment and things like that, but um, it can be a volunteer, it can be a um, part-time employee, it can be a full-time employee. We, we will work with anyone. Um, obviously, if you're a full-time employee, you're going to work, you're going to be able to do a lot more and at a quicker pace, sure. but we can obviously work with um, volunteers as well. How many parishes so far 
like, is it a third? Is it a quarter? Is it an eighth? Is it half? I don't think it's half, but have gone through this process. So we have about 220 parishes. Yeah. Um, and um, I think, right, 218, 220. I can't remember. I can't remember uh, the, the latest number. number. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we have just over 100 who've engaged in renewal process. Okay. Um, so about half have somehow engaged. We, oof, if I add the numbers of the ones in the cohort right now, we're probably around about 80 parishes that are working with us directly. Um, you know, getting involved in renewal is also vision casting, getting the community prepared. Sometimes a pastor may have sick leave or sabbatical, so we wait six months before they start engaging with us because we want them to really hit the ground running. Um, and so I think we're probably around 80. We have about 65 parishes that have evangelization at this point. Wow. Yeah. And we had zero seven years ago. Wow. So we got started six years ago and uh, or five years ago, I think, working. Um, five years ago was our first parishes that we started working with. So, yeah. The um, Okay, we're going to have to take a quick break. And then okay. when we come back, we'll keep talking about this and um, the effects that you've seen it had in the archdiocese. So don't go away. Okay. Catholic Charities accepts car donations? If you're ready to free up space in your garage and put a stop to all those expenses that go along with owning a car, we will gratefully accept your donation, whether the car is running or not. You choose a pickup time that is convenient for you, and we will make the donation as easy as possible, free of charge. You'll receive a charitable donation receipt as well. We accept all types of vehicles nationwide, and you will know that your donation is made to Catholic Charities, an agency you can trust. To learn more about donating your car, call 877-786-4483. That's 877-786-4483. Thank you. I can't imagine myself going into any other school. Our school fosters growth by being a backbone to our family. My kids are incredibly well-rounded. I see a lot of kindness in them on a daily basis. One of the things I think Catholic schools do well is personalize the learning experience. You can hear joy in the classrooms. I feel that like I'm happy that I am in this kind of school. Our school communities provide students with academic excellence and character education in a supportive and stable learning environment. Come see for yourself. Visit artschicago.org slash findaschool. Community is core to Catholic Charities' founding mission. For more than 100 years, we have met people and families where they are, serving anyone in need, regardless of their faith, gender, race, or ethnicity. As our world absorbs the economic, political, and social aftershocks of the pandemic, 50% or more of the 6 million people living in Cook and Lake Counties have little or no savings. They are a paycheck away from zero. Shop we are deeply grateful to everyone in the Catholic Charities community who partners with us to alleviate the suffering of the people we serve and offer them a better path forward. 
We are witnessing a message of mercy and hope to a world very much in need. Learn more at catholiccharities.net. back to Beyond the Headlines. My name is Joyce Deriga. Before we get back to our guests, I want to plug the newspaper for a minute. If you go to chicagocatholic.com, you can see all of our latest coverage. You can also sign up for our free e-newsletter that I send out about three times a week. You can see what Cardinal Supich is writing about and all the good news that's going on in the Archdiocese. You can follow us on social media and subscribe for $30. We would come out about every two weeks, and that goes to help support our ministry and for the Archdiocese to share the good news. Again, that's chicagocatholic.com. And welcome back, Beth White. So we're talking about the big wide world of evangelization and missionary discipleship. So talk about how, what you've seen, how this is like some of the early parishes you've worked with and how this has transformed the parish. Help if I unmuted myself. So I want to be clear is that I, um, for me, I can see the fruit um, because of the lens I'm looking through. So it's important to look through a lens of not looking for um, increased uh, parish attendance, increased uh, offertory. Those things will come. Uh, uh, We really, we do have a few parishes that are starting to see that. That's not the measure though. So what the lens that I look through is that I see our evangelization leads growing um, in their depth. I see um, parishes, um, most of our parishes use a charismatic soft entry point. Let me explain what that means. Um, charisma church is words, yeah. um, the <laughs> preaching of the good news, right? And, and it's that, it's the, um, the Jesus um, came um, as God, man. He came as, he's both human and divine. He came, he lived a life. Um, to teach us how to live. He died for us, for our sins. He was resurrected by God and is now at the right hand of the Father. And so all of that together, and what does that mean? Like the good news for our lives that this isn't all there is, and there's more to come, right? Um, and so they, um, and so all of that is part of, um, um, oh my gosh, I, for, I said all of that, Joyce, and I can't remember the question you asked me. Oh, how have you seen? I, that happens to me all the time. How have you seen? Um, I went on this whole tangent. I use these words. So sharing the charisma, soft entry point. So soft meaning that there's no commitment. You can come and go as you please. Um, nobody's going to chase you down, so you can come. And then the charisma, which I just shared. And then it's an entry point meaning to faith. It doesn't mean to the community. It could be the community, but it could be someone from the pew who knows the community really well, but really has never explored their faith. Now that sounds funny, but that's something we discovered. 100%, so a charismatic yeah. soft entry point. So a lot of parishes use all fun. And what that does, it's so baseline. It's so basic. Is there more to life than this? Who is this Jesus? Who is God? Why does God matter? Um, how do you pray? Why do you pray? Um, and, and for folks that are really well-formed, they're going to be like, wow, this is so basic. Well, that's the point. The point is, is that 
sometimes we all just need to get back to basics and the basics for the, the non-believer is where they need to start. And for some of us, we need to remember the basics so that we can talk to non-believers or people who've fallen away. So for me, I have a master's degree in theology. I've worked in the church for years. Watching something like that helps me get the language that helps me be able to dialogue with people wherever they're at. Instead of using faith language, use things that connect us as humans, love, kindness, respect, patience, uh, peace, all these things that our hearts desire. Um, God is working in every human heart. If we're people of faith, we believe that. And so we really need to be able to dialogue with them based on where they're at. And so what I see the changes, parishes are coming to understand. They're coming to be these places of belonging, where they welcome, where they're not judging, where they create spaces where people can grow in their faith. And what's happening is, is people from the pews that are experiencing that, they're becoming more and more comfortable as Catholics to talk about their faith. Um, it is not uncommon to hear that Catholics do not talk about their faith. There's, I could go into whole reasons behind that. We won't, we don't have time for that. But it's something that helps people in a small, like Alpha's in a small um, faith community and there's no judgment. You can say whatever you wanna say. Um, and there's this ability to help people um, grow at their own pace. And so we see people grow that muscle to be able to do that in all kinds of ways in the parish. Um, and then some of the first fruits is we see people coming out of this experience wanting to go deeper in their spiritual life. So some parishes have started um, ministries to help people understand how to develop a personal prayer life. Um, some parishes have um, had people who want uh, to create um, Eucharistic adoration moments. There's one parish that um, before school pickup, they do a holy hour. Oh. Um, you just, you see this desire for people to help others come to know who Jesus is. And the other side of it is the way we've designed this is that we're always lifting up more leaders, always inviting someone in. We use a pool image. So as you go deeper into the pool, you start in a little shallow end, you put your toe in the water. And we would say a disciple's in the deep end and a missionary disciple's like doing diving and gets out and goes back to the shallow end. But as you go deeper into your faith, you can turn around and help somebody else in their faith. You don't have to... Um, have it all figured out, but you can certainly turn around and help somebody learn something that you've learned or grow in a way. And so we have people wanting to do that. And that's some of the first fruits that um, we're starting to see. That's amazing. That's a good idea for like adoration before school pickup, like for moms and dads. Uh -huh. or something. It was a group of moms and they, and they decided that, and they asked the pastor and he goes, yeah, absolutely. And and so they sort of organize it all. And um, and then you know, we have another really cool story was this woman during COVID wanted to start a rosary group. And I want, I want you to hear this movement. This, I see, this is the lens. So she started an online rosary group. And then she said, hey, um, uh, Joyce, would you lead next week? And Joyce is like, oh, okay. And so I'll teach you how to, to run it. And so uh, she did that, and then um, the person would lead it the next time. And then she kept doing that, inviting people to lead it. And then she said, hey, Joyce, we need a rosary group on Tuesday nights. Would you be willing to lead a Tuesday night rosary group yeah. and, and do this for a whole group of other people? And so if you hear that movement, it's a, I'm going to show you how. 
I'm going to watch you and give you some tips, and then I'm going to invite you to go do it yourself, right? And so that that natural inclination and freedom is what we would call engagement. We see more and more parishioners in these parishes becoming engaged, um, deepening their commitment to the parish. Wow. That's so inspiring. I'm sitting here thinking, well, can we do all these in one story? Like, what can we, um, for the paper? So we have about five minutes left. Let's talk about the day of renewal and, you know, the next steps and all that stuff. So whatever you want to talk about. Mm -hmm. So the day of renewal was just a wonderful day to gather. We hadn't been able to really do that. We did that five years ago for the summit. And so the day of renewal since COVID was a great way to just re-energize us and remind us of what we're up to in spiritual renewal. All of our parishes have finished um, decisions and discernment. So it was a great moment. Um, We're also in the middle of the Eucharistic revival. So it was kind of a blend of Eucharistic revival and Renew My Church. And really, how do we say that as we leave the mass, as we're sent forth, um, as we are, are, are said, you know, the mass is ended, go forth and spread the gospel, the good news of the Lord, whatever the deacon says or the priest says, um, what do we do with that? And so the day was built uh, starting with that. And then we talked about evangelization and creating these places of encounter in our communities. And then after lunch, it was about discipleship. And what does it mean to be a disciple? And um, Father John Ricardo talked about, like, what's my mission? So now I'm a disciple. What does that mean? What's my mission? And how do I live it out? And um, and then we ended with mass. And so on um, www.renewmychurch, renewmychurch.org, and then forward slash day of renewal. It's pretty easy. Um, you can find um, they're going to be uploading all the videos for the day um, before, um, after the um the Cardinals talk, we had Cardinal Cantola Mesa give a beautiful talk about evangelization and the need for laity in evangelization. It's 15 minutes long or 14 minutes, I think. Um, please, please, please listen to that. Uh, we also have uh, a guidebook with all kinds of reflection questions for each of the talks. Um, and then we have a whole area for next steps, how to build a personal prayer life, how to pray for your parish, um, all kinds of things around that so that it wasn't just one day. It was a day to get you excited for renewal and a day to go deeper. And we knew everybody couldn't be there. So we hopefully have put resources together that parishes can spread the good news within their parishes. Um, one last plug for me. It is the 10th year, um, the 10th anniversary of the joy of the gospel written by um, um, the Pope Francis and it's an amazing, amazing encyclical. And so I, I just, it is the vision of renewal. It's his vision for renewal, but it's from the Synod of Bishops. And so we have um, uh, Father, um, um, oh, wow, um, Luke Camelli, Father Luke Camelli put together a resource for us to really pray with that and to reflect. And I highly recommend that as well, doing small groups and read the joy of the gospel. We're doing that um, at the Meyer Center where I work. We're, we're uh, the entire Meyer Center. We are reading the joy of the gospel this fall and reminding ourselves of why we're doing what we do. Wow. That's a whole lot. Okay, so renewmychurch.org forward slash day of renewal. People yes. can go to it for resources. I know that Cardinal... Courses, next steps, all of it there. Cardinal Cancel Mesa is already up because I was 
looking for an audio version of all the that I recorded them myself, but I was hoping to get the closed caps. But he's up, but we're still waiting Good. on the the others. The and other ones will be coming. They're doing some editing, but they'll be there, so we'll have all of those up. So it's a lot. So um, we have like exciting. one minute, one minute left, but it's exciting to see. You know, we are starting to see the fruits, and you know, and I even think of like. Um, folks who parishes that have had building closures and maybe re or rethinking about where to use how to use new build like the older buildings that aren't being used anymore how to reuse them and and use them in ministries in the parishes and it's all kind of like neat stuff people are thinking about as we go forward yeah. so, so that's a lot you got a big job um, we appreciate you taking the time today and folks again renewmychurch.org forward slash what was it? Day of renewal? renewal. And then day Chicago Catholic, we have a story and photos from that day too. So chicagocatholic.com. So thanks so much, Beth. Until next time, everyone have a gentle and joy-filled day. Goodbye.